Hi, it's Taylor. Quickly jumping in before the episode starts to let you know that we've changed our name and are now Sisters Assemble. You can find our updated social handles in the show notes. Enjoy the show! Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie, and we're two sisters and borderline obsessed Marvel fans who have been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe closely for years. And now we want to share our MCU discussions with you. We chat about our own predictions and theories, plus some of our favorites from online, and our reactions to all of the Marvel content that's considered MCU canon, including the Disney Plus shows and the movies, as well as the Marvel news you need to know. It's here, guys. It is opening weekend of Spider-Man No Way Home, and we are going to break it down for you. But I know this movie is so big, and I will definitely put a spoiler warning in the description. But before I even worry about that, I want to say it right here, right now. This is not a spoiler-free review or reaction episode. If you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, we don't want to be responsible for spoiling it for you. So please, please, please go see the movie before you continue this episode. Come back when you've seen it, but wait to listen to this episode until you've seen the movie. All right, now that that's out of the way, Katie, hit me with your reactions. Let's go. I, I, (laughs) not to repeat myself, I'm Hawkeye or anything, but when I'm right, I'm right kind of thing, you know? (laughs) I, I, this movie I didn't anticipate being, like, okay, we'll get right into the cameos in a second. So, but that felt like something that we all expected and knew in the nicest of ways that Marvel would have fumbled the bag slightly if they didn't bring in who they brought in. But for, like, some of the other things... I mean, and I'm not the only one who definitely was predicting certain things. I was seeing predictions that I was definitely agreeing with and theories that I was definitely agreeing with. But I, I mean... I don't know. I don't, like, I don't think this movie, and like I said, also not to repeat something I said for a Hawkeye episode, but I don't think this movie missed. Yeah. I mean, I went in with the highest expectations, fully expecting to be let down in some form or fashion, just because the expectations were so sky high. But the fact that, and I've said this to so many people, like, who haven't seen it yet, but, you know, were wondering about it, I've said, you know... For a movie with expectations as high as it was, it shocked me that it not only met, but exceeded those expectations by miles. To me, this is the best MCU movie of all time. It was just shockingly good. And I was expecting a good movie, but this was even better than I could have ever imagined. Well, let's talk about what made it good. I mean, come let's, on. Let's the cameos. The oh cameos. Like, Okay, I, I need to give everyone context. Um, I'm going to tell you right from the get-go. Andrew is my favorite Spider-Man. Judge me as you will. I know that's a that's a hot topic, hot debate topic. Uh, personally, one we'll cover later one in a we, different episode. Yes, one we will get to. Personally, I'm an Andrew person mainly because I was quite literally like a year old when Toby made his first debut as Spider-Man. Not that I don't enjoy his movies, I just remember more so watching the Andrew ones. I also love Andrew Garfield. (laughs) Say no more. (laughs) So I think I can end that statement there. So personally, as soon as Ned opened that portal, I was like, a tall linky boy. I knew, I knew. And I was just, I was shaking most of the movie. That's just, you know, how I went about a couple of Marvel movies now. And this was one of them. But I knew. I, like, he didn't even have to unmask himself. But the entire theater wasn't even, like, excited until he unmasked himself. And I was like, but we all knew. We all knew. I had a somewhat similar experience. 
in my theater, people knew, like, they caught him pretty quickly. It wasn't Tom, because, you know, he was more than five foot five. We love you, Tom, but sweetie, you struggle. Like five eight or something? Yeah, I mean, five five was an exaggeration, but he struggles in the height department. It's fine. We love him anyway. But it was pretty clear based on the height and just a lot of things that it was not Tom. And yeah. so there was, like, this pause where everybody was sorry. Like, you could feel it building. But then me and, like, a couple other people were started going, It's Andrew! Before he even popped out of the circle. I was sitting back in my seat, and the next thing I know, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, like, straight up. I, like, don't even know how I got in that position. I, like, had an out-of-body experience, and I was screaming at the top of my lungs, and then he took off the mask, and the whole theater exploded, and it was just, it was a really incredible moment. It and was beautiful. I, and honestly, I'm actually really happy Andrew was the first they showed, because, you know, then, then good old Toby comes walking out, and I love Toby, but man, did he look like Eminem. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, and he, he comes walking out, not in his, like, obviously it was the suit underneath, which is like Toby's big move, is like he always wore his suit underneath his clothing. But I just am like, look at this dad. Like, as soon as he walked out, and, they, and you could tell they all looked at him because they were like, who, who is this man? I know. Like, who is this man we just like pulled off the street? And I, so I thought it was really funny because I thought it was just a very distinctive, like, it's the way to show the the big difference because, I mean, at least I would say a lot of these people in these theaters who are any sort of Gen Z, yes, we have obviously seen the Toby, and I mean, I'm Toby could be your favorite, I'm not gonna, that has nothing to do with favorites, but, you know, you recognize Andrew, especially with the, like, as Spider-Man, but when you see just Toby, Toby as a person is Spider-Man, if that makes sense, if any of that made sense, so it was like, you just knew, you didn't need him to wear his mask. You didn't yeah. need to see him in the suit. You knew. You knew it was Toby. Like, and they knew that you knew. So they just were like, there he is. Here he is for all enjoyment. It was, honestly, I can't even put into words what it was like when they first came. And honestly, they were in the movie so much more than I expected. And one I of our I still wanted more. I still wanted more. I mean, you know. I know. I know. <laughs> but even one of our friends was like, or someone I know, I don't know where I saw it, honestly, but someone was like, you know, I expected them for, like, five minutes, and they were in for, like, a third of the movie, yeah. which was honestly amazing. Like, it wasn't just this, you know, let's pop in for the final battle and do the famous Spider-Man meme, which they did do, by the way, but they were in there, they were helping Peter, they were guiding him, they were, you know, tying back into their own stories, they were bonding. It was just magnificent. Yeah, and I... I'm not impartial. I'm trying not to be. But, or I'm trying to be impartial. <laughs> I was like, wait. Give her a minute. <laughs> um, I've been up for a long time today. Sorry. <laughs> but I think, I'm, and I don't mean this in a weird way, but Andrew stole the show in every freaking scene he was in. He just, like, I didn't anticipate them to make him as funny. And, like, okay, his Peter was funny. But I didn't anticipate them to bring it in so, like, full force. He was so awkward and quirky and, and I just like nerdy and it was fantastic and it, and I love the way that each Peter was distinct you had Toby who was the more mature more serious Peter Tom who is or in this movie in this movie he goes undergoes a large change but up until this point he's kind of a little more fun loving a little more immature just given his age right. and then you have <laughs> Andrew who's just kind of an oddball but like in the most lovable sense well, and so like they each brought something they each emphasized a different aspect of peter parker's personality well and what i really liked so many was <laughs> what i really liked was with andrews was the fact that 
he was almost made out to have, like, the way he acted, you could tell he was fairly alone. Like, And I thought that was really interesting because of what we know from his story. You know he is. And that's something, because, like, I mean, at the end of the day, well, I'll point this out later because, you know, thanks. But we'll get there in a second. <laughs> but, like, at the end of the day, you know, Toby... His Peter had, and we we have to use first names obviously because there's literally three Peter Parkers. Um, oh my god! I know, I know. This scene with Ned, but I literally like he still has like Mary Jane, you know, and obviously and his Aunt May. Well, maybe not. Who knows? She was really old, but <laughs> but he still has like like Mary Jane, even Gwen Stacy still living. Like we, oh yeah, we, true. You know, for Tom, obviously right now he still has the best friend and girlfriend. Well. At this point in the movie, mm-hmm. um, has the best friend and girlfriend figure and still has a mentor figure in Doctor Strange and then, and still looks up to Tony, obviously. He's no longer around, but to a different degree, you know, it, that image still is there for him. And then, you know, with Andrew, even in those, in his films, he had his Aunt May, he had Gwen, and he had Harry, and obviously, Gwen and Harry are no longer in his life. And he even talks about at one point how he gets rageful after, because he just was like, you know, after her death, like... Also, though, when Tom straight up was just kind of saying, like, you don't know what I'm going through, and the look on Andrew's face, I was like, oh, I said, throw the punches. (laughs) In that moment, I was like, just throw the punches, because I was like, I get your feeling a lot, but I was like, dude, that hurt me. It's like, really hard. I just... But the, my point just being is the awkwardness comes from someone who clearly has spent a lot of time alone mm-hmm. and has not really gone out and, I mean, other than probably being Spider-Man, has not really continued to live a social life of any sort. Not that he had a ton of one because he was always that little awkward, like, loner boy, but I think it emphasized a lot more was the fact that, you know, he, he really found that this was cool because he was just like, finally people like me and people, because, like... That's he the has only brothers. Yeah, and he's like, that's the only version of me people know really anymore in my universe because I've withdrawn everything else. Like, I am Spider-Man, but that's really it. I'm not even fully Peter anymore. Yeah. I don't know who Peter is. So to finally, like, see people who can relate to both aspects of him and the Peter aspect of him, I think... I, and that's why I like the awkwardness, because you could just tell. You knew this was someone who secluded themselves after, you know, what we all know happens at the end of his second film. Yeah, I also just really enjoyed, and this is a complete 180 emotion-wise from what you were just discussing, <laughs> but the hilarious gag about the organic webbing. Oh my god. Was I so was so funny. ready for it. It was so good. You knew it was coming, because it was like, that is one of the biggest differences between all of them. Yeah. Is that fact that, like, Andrew and Tom built, well, Andrew builds, at least, we know, his own Tom, we assu- built, like, in the first, in, 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 like, what, Civil War, like, had some sort of mechanism. Obviously, Tony Stark upgraded, upgraded yeah. it and essentially made it what it was. And then here's Toby, who's Who just shooting him out himself. of his body. <laughs> and to Tom's great question of, does it come out of you anywhere else? <laughs> I was like, it was so beautifully <laughs> awkward and amazing, and I was rolling. I was like, this is incredible. This is the content I never knew I needed. Like, thank you, Marvel and Sony, for giving this That's gift That's why to I me. needed more, though, because I was like, there is so much to just go over that I you can't just, like, <laughs> like, you know, you just, you can only fit so much in a movie, I know, but it was just so much I wanted to to just see. And I get, we got so much of it at the same time. Like, I just, 
their interactions with each other were so funny. But they were like, you're Peter 2. No, I'm Peter 2. (laughs) Of course I'm Peter (laughs) 3. Everyone just listen to Peter (laughs) 1. Okay, the fact that he was like, I don't want to brag, guys, but I'm going to. I was a part of the Avengers. And Toby's sweetness, he's like, that's great. What are those? And then, <laughs> and straight up, Andrew's just like, is it a band? And he was so hyped. He was like, oh my god, it's a band. This there's is a, so cool. There's a version of me that is cool. Yeah. I am so excited. He, he literally was just like, oh my god. And then he's like, no, like, Earth's Mighty Tears. Although, I am glad they did that because I, my roommates and I, did an aggressive Spider-Man binge before this movie. And I was pointing that out to them because I was like, wait a second, in these universes... The Avengers don't exist. And so I was like, this is weird. Because I guess I never really put it together. Like, you do, but you don't. You don't really think about it. And so I was like, interesting. So I I liked that they touched on it. Because yeah. it is one of the other very distinctive differences. Someone, I saw that online, someone was like, so this movie confirms that there are not the Avengers in those, at least those two universes, which I thought was interesting. I was like, I didn't really well, think about it that way. must feel so safe. Like, genuinely, they must feel so safe. Because that means that there's... Their biggest threats, like New York, their biggest threats are the things that came to fight Spider-Man. Yeah. There's no Thanos, no Ultron. They probably... None of them are dusted. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, so... That's it. Like, they must seriously be, like, safe. Yeah. No Loki. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Like, none of this happened. But, no, I loved it. And honestly, my last big thing about the cameos was I really, really liked... The aspect of showing the different versions of smartness that the mm-hmm. Peters have. Yeah. Because we all, my roommates and I also had drawn that conclusion of, Toby's very book smart. You see it. You don't really see him apply it as much as you see him sit there and, you know, obviously we see him in his college classes. He's taken, like, up there classes and all sorts of maths and sciences. I don't even know what he was in because I am <laughs> not a math and science person. Beyond my realm of but, understanding. Yeah, same. But, you know, and then Andrew, and I, this is another thing I really liked about Andrews, was that you see him literally doing experiments and working, and, he, and like, even when he visits Oscorp in the very first film, and he's like, oh, because this is how you do it, and blah, 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 blah. Like, this man knew what he was talking about mm-hmm. kind of thing, and you're like, Jesus, this guy's, like, a genius. And then, and then in this movie, even, I think helped capitalize when Tom's Peter trapped Doctor Strange in the multiverse, or not in the multiverse, in the mirror dimension, it capitalized on the fact that he has that too. Yeah, and even when he was helping the villains, I was going to call them the Mr. Six, but they were minus a member, but when he was helping the villains, it was the first time, other than I think when he was using Tony's fabricator in far from home where we see peter the scientist yes of this peter and like yes he you know he's at like midtown tech and like they're all really smart in the fact that he was like would have gotten into mit and like all that stuff so Although, it's like there in the background but this is the these are some of the first times we're I, actually seeing i kind of want to talk about that because maybe this was just me never put that together oh i never put together that it was like a special science school yeah never really thought about it but i just like i just thought he was at a regular school like i really genuinely never sat there and was like Oh, all these kids are, like, super, super smart. Never even thought about it until this film. And then I was like, oh, okay. Now I see it. I get it. Like, Yeah, okay. so it's in that way, like, like that kind of proves my point. Like, it was more subtle. Yeah. It was like, oh, he goes to this special school. But then in that one little scene in Far From Home and now in this scene, the two scenes in No Way Home, we see him 
apply that yeah. in a way that's like outside of the classroom and like actually without being in the shadow of a great Tony Stark or something like that like he's not living in Tony's shadow he's actually doing what he needs to do on his own exactly and so it's like showing him as that brilliant Peter that like maybe he didn't get to show in the first two movies yeah and I agree and I I just really like seeing the dis- different aspects of how smart this character is because Spider-Man is very smart. Peter Parker is one of the smartest people in the comics. Yeah, which is why, like, it helps that he sits there and, like, he does a lot of the things on his own because he is built that way. He's literally just smart to begin with. So I thought that was really interesting to see it. But if we move to the big thing of the cameos, which this was something everyone predicted, or at least someone did, and a lot of people agreed with, and it was one of the things I definitely agreed with, was the when MJ fell... Andrew's going to catch her. Now, a lot of people predicted that from the get-go. I thought it was interesting because had Andrew not been there, Tom also would not have saved her. So I, I thought that was a really interesting parallel at the fact where Her own Spider-Man would not have been Yeah, she her would life. have met the same fate as Gwen, yeah. technically. Yeah. But what I didn't anticipate, and this was one of the moments I cried in the movie, was... The look on Andrew's face when he caught her. I keep seeing it. Like, I'm now that I've seen it, there's like a, an entire trending topic on Twitter for like No Way Home spoilers for people who've seen it. Yeah. And I've been going on and everybody keeps replaying it. And every time I like tear up, I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's hard to watch, but like only because it's like so emotionally you raw. Know. Yeah. Well, and you just see it in, on his face, the look of ca- after catching her, and then. When she straight up is just like, are you okay? Cause she she knows. He obviously shared at least a story that he didn't save the person he loves. And I'm sure MJ, it wasn't that hard for her to have put it together. I just like, that I couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, so here's the pain that I need to not to be in today. Yeah, um, like even just the look on his face when he saw... Tom go after her, and then he gets taken away by the goblin. Yeah. The look of, not you too. Like, I don't want this version of me to feel the way that my version of me feels. And, like, feel that pain. He's like, I'm going to do what I couldn't do for Gwen and, like, save you from feeling the way I feel. And this, and what was interesting is I kind of saw a video of some sort about the different damsels in distress that we've seen in Spider-Man. Some partially it was a hate of Mary Jane Watson as it should be. We don't like her. She sucks. But <laughs> obviously, Gwen we see is a great damsel in distress in the fact that in distress, the girl's the most helpful person ever. She's always helping herself and trying to help Andrew. This MJ is sitting here, same thing. She's always trying to help. Assertive. Tom. Yeah. yeah. She, you know, even in moments of like weakness, she is trying to help. Uh, And like I said, it was kind of a Mary Jane Watson hate video because they were like, oh, she just gets tied up in screams. And I was like, but you're not wrong. Like, after you watch all three of them in a row, you're like, wow. Wow." I think, too, like, that, that's, that's so interesting because, like, that is, and I'm just going to defend Toby because in in full transparency, or Toby's trilogy, because in full transparency. 2002. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but also the, I'm going to be honest, Toby is. Of the original two, that's not Tom taking Tom out of the, you know, picture because he's not done, and we can't, you know, fully say what his tenure of Spider-Man looks like. The two that have completed their tenure, Andrew and Toby, for me, it's Toby, because the three-year difference between the two of us is just enough for me to identify more and be have been more excited about Toby when his was coming out. So I'm going to defend that for a second by what you just said. 2002, 
world and media were very different. The way that we, and it's not perfect by any means now, the way that women are portrayed in media, but I would say that there have been lots of steps taken to actively try to make women more assertive in those types of roles and in like playing the quote-unquote damsel in distress. She's not a lot of times more so than in the past. She's not quite so helpless and she's able to do some things to help herself to your point. Well, I just like that's why I just want to defend that for a second. Not that it was okay then, but like you kind of have to look at it in the context of like where we were in society. Well, and I just think that not even, I'm not even just saying that because I just, it's the whole idea, too. You really see how smart Gwen and MJ are. And yeah. that was really where I was kind of trying to lead. That was more that, like, you can also see how they are... They want to be involved because they know that they can be. I mean, Gwen's the reason that he was able to beat Electro, you know, in the second movie. And, obviously, he also wasn't the reason for her death. Although, I kind of would have liked to have seen him come face-to-face with his Harry, who was the reason for her death. Because obviously she would not have fallen had he not been trying to fight off, you know, the psychopath. So I thought that would have been kind of interesting. But, yeah, I, I just wanted to bring up more of the fact that there's another parallel there between the two of them. Is that they, the girls that are involved in their lives at the time, were the types of people who, they were just so smart. And I think that's another connection of how, well, Andrew knew that. Andrew saw that. And I mean, even in the scene in the lab, he saw the two of them even interacting and like, the support she gives him and everything, and that's why at one point, I mean, Toby's even like, hey, what's up, kind of thing, because he sees it, and I knew he was going to. I was watching the scene, I was like, and Andrew's staring at them, and he's watching this. You just knew. Yeah. But yeah, so let's move into the next big hint, which I loved. I loved. It was so funny, just the delivery. And and I mean this in the nicest way, like, not that I'm trying to, like, fangirl over Andrew here, but it couldn't have gone over better. Like, no, uh, none of them could have had the better reaction and the way it was just handled than Andrew's. <laughs> like, it made sense. So, to get right into it, when Electro finally sees him unmasked, Andrew's, and he straight up is just like, I thought you were black. <laughs> and, and Andrew's just like, oh, that's cool, man. Like... <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> but the the point of this is, well... It hints at Miles Morales when, especially and explicitly, when Jamie, uh, as Electro says, man, wouldn't it be cool if there was a black Spider-Man yeah. out there? And the whole theater was like, whoa! I just was like, well, there is. <laughs> I know. So it's super exciting. There is... I wouldn't call it a confirmation, but it's definitely Marvel's little wink-wink-nudge-nudge of saying, we know what you want, he's coming, don't worry, like, we have plans, you know? So, definitely, definitely excited about that. It was something that, I'm not gonna lie, I thought maybe there might be some world in which, you know, Miles got perhaps his own end credit scene. Obviously, that didn't pan out, and we'll touch on those later, but... It was so cool to have him almost have his own little part, you know, and, and not ignored in this, you know, meeting of the Spider-Men. And, and really, you know, one thing I, I want to touch on before we kind of move away from Spider-Men cameos in general is I think this movie was just a celebration of everything Spider-Man for the last 20 years. Like, instead of pitting Spider-Man franchises against each other, and Kevin Feige said something along the lines of, like, you know, this this fandom can be a little toxic at at times. And this movie is less about, you know, who was the better Spider-Man and who was the better this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, who should have had their third movie? (laughs) But it's more about 
you know, celebrating the 20 years of this character and all the different portrayals and how they're all valid. And honestly, I was having this thought in the shower yesterday. How proud would Stan Lee have been to see this movie? Like, I know he really wanted to be an endgame and all of that and wanted to see it, and unfortunately he could not. But this one, I think, would have even eclipsed that because... This was his. This was his baby. Spider-Man was his baby. It's the character he's most known for. He's been... It's the character that started it all. Whether it was not officially the MCU or not, it was the first real Marvel iteration other than, obviously, but, like, the X-Men, but they were not... Blade, in Blade, in Yeah, 90s, but they yeah. were not owned by Marvel. Right. Of, you know, a superhero. Yeah. I mean, I just think Stan Lee, you know, is smiling down at all of us, just so happy this weekend. And that, that makes me happy, because I love Stan Lee more than I love a lot of things. But what you just said actually brought something up for me. I saw a tweet, and it said that technically now, canonically... Toby's 2002 movie is the first MCU movie. That's true. Because of... So the MCU started in 2002, which helps to really... We can really bury the Incredible Hulk now. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because that means now we we have three movies and then Iron Man and then the Incredible Hulk. So now now it's just kind of in there. Like, it's not yeah. even like... now. It's, it's not just even kind the second like, one. It's just like, meh. Yeah, like now it's really just kind of like thrown in there. Like, you don't even gotta look at it anymore. It's yeah, just I mean, kind of... It's not even on Disney Plus. Like, I don't even need... Exactly. Yeah. Well, that means too that now we've got a busy 2012 in different timelines because Andrew's first came out in 2012 and that was the year of the Avengers. So, oh my, 2012, what a year to be alive. (laughs) But moving into another big somewhat cameo, I guess, which I I personally don't feel like enough people are talking about. No, it got so overshadowed. Yeah, I mean, even though people clapped and cheered in my theater, I just don't see it on on any social media. But Daredevil, Matt Murdock being Peter's... You know, lawyer, which a lot of people predicted. The whole watch thing, that was, like, people were nosediving into there. But, I mean, like, like I said, my theater was cheering. And th- I just am not seeing people talk about this. Yeah, and I want to go back to what we talked about in the predictions episode. Because you and I had a lengthy debate about, Kevin said, came out and said, probably, like, last week or, or a week and a half ago, said, Charlie Cox, He's our daredevil. Anytime there's a daredevil in the MCU, whenever it happens, he's our guy. And you and I were like, is that confirmation or is it just, you know, his way of, like, appeasing us because he's not going to be in it? And then he was. And I was like, oh, my God, we kind of got that one. (laughs) But it also felt very weird that Kevin kind of gave it to us. Oh, I agree. Not sure why. I don't know if he really was just trying to shove us so hard off the trail of the three Spider-Men. Although, I think poor Andrew was going to have a heart aneurysm by the end of this. poor boy. Like, he really, like, Toby definitely gave up trying to, but Andrew just was like, no, I'm not answering this anymore. Like, he definitely reached the point where he was just like, I'm tired. He literally was just like, can you please just stop asking me? Like, I'm not going to tell you, so just don't ask the question. But then then here's Kevin. Yeah, so Charlie Cox will be Daredevil. (laughs) And it was like, interesting timing when it's a week before No Way Home. I know, I know. But I'm so excited. And I also just love the timing of the fact that Diono, I can't, I can't. The guy who plays Kingpin in the show gets his MCU debut on Wednesday and Charlie Cox comes back on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever day you see it. Just amazing that they both come back in the same week. I'm so happy for them. I personally, that 
That show, I tried watching. It's a little too gory for me. Not a bad show by any means, just, like, not my cup of tea. Well, but the show itself is not being considered canon uh, right now. Yeah. Because it sounds that they may be doing more of a reboot idea of it and bringing it into the MCU under different... Which I guess could kind of make a little bit of sense because I don't know how much Daredevil might play into the kingpin part or not yeah also Um, if you're making that show canon then because of the defenders you're kind of bringing in all of the others luke cage jessica jones iron fist and so like which as of right now they aren't there hasn't been any confirmation they're moving in that direction yeah so it's not just that you're you'd be making daredevil canon you'd be making the entirety of the netflix minus punisher canon and that's like a really big thing to do um, well, and the next big groups we're seeing are more going to be the X-Men, Fantastic Four. Young the Avengers. Ne- Young Avengers, the next grouping of the Avengers themselves. So I don't really see them kind of being like, let me bring in all these other people. I also, I just, the Netflix shows don't have the best. Some of them. Some of them do, yeah. but some, that's what I mean. Not all, like, not all of them do have the best track record. So yeah. I think, I and I mean, I know a lot of people like Daredevil, and I I would be interested to see the direction Marvel takes it, how they involve it more in their storylines. I'll also be curious to see if, moving forward, there is more of an attempt to make that show canon. Like, as of right now, it does not seem like that's going to be, you know, what happens, just based on logistics and all that kind of stuff and the things that we had just mentioned. But I'll be curious to see if, moving forward, based on production and all the things that they're gonna do and writing and all that good stuff if they actually end up do finding a way to make it canon and bring everything that has been marvel ip into the mcu which i personally would like just to make it so it's not like oh here's this random thing that everybody needs to forget about yeah or you know whatever like even agents of shield agent carter all of those shows cloak and dagger like that are just like Oh, there's that other one on Hulu that Well, they're I... really trying to push Agent Carter out of the way after yeah. what they did in Endgame. But there's, you know, there's a whole pantheon of shows that are not really considered canon. And I personally think, let's just find a way, the multiverse is an easy way to do it, to make them all canon in their own universe. So they're all given a level of legitimacy and we don't have to say, here's the MCU and here's all this weird side stuff we're shoving under the rug. Like let's just make it all canon, and, like, it doesn't all necessarily need to take place in the sacred timeline, that's fine. Yeah, but that's, I'm sure, a whole other issue is in oh, I know. Versus. Oh, I know. Let's just, I mean, that's in a perfect world, that's what I would like. Is that gonna happen? I mean, it very well could, but it remains to be seen. Well, and then we have one last cameo. And now this is kind of where I want to say that I was right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I knew it was coming. Because I literally have it written in the note <laughs> that I was right about Venom. Can, I, can we just pause for a second? Guys, we never, ever, ever are have, right. <laughs> no, that's not true because we were right a couple times last week. But we never have notes going into shows. We, you know, we might each have some points that we want to hit in our head or we might discuss quickly before we, you know, either hit record or hop on the phone or whatever we're doing. Today we happen to be in the same room, so that's exciting. But whatever it is, we we very rarely, if ever, write it down. But there was so much that happened in this movie that we have a multi-bulleted sub-bullet list that is we're going through as we're talking because I was like, there's no way we're going to hit everything. We're still not going to hit everything. Like it's there's an impossible. entire chunk we're leaving for another episode for you guys because we're like, yeah, there's it, no way they're going to listen for two hours. But 
I just needed to point that out because you talked about the list and I needed everyone to know that we were so intensely happy about this movie and just like focused on this movie that we listed all of the points that we want to talk about today. And so getting into the point where I was at, one of the biggest questions our predictions episode was, who is the sixth member of Sinister Six? Yeah. And inherently, if you watch the movie, you're like, there wasn't one. Until the end credit scene. The very first end credit scene, we see Tom Hardy and his Venom, Eddie Brock, and they're in our universe. He is drunk in a bar trying to figure out what the whole Avengers things means, but they are in our universe. And at the very last second, because I'm giving us a quick synopsis of what's happened, I mean, I'm assuming if you're this far into the episode, you had seen the movie. (laughs) So you saw the end credit scene, unless you left, because I did have people still doing that. Ew! I don't get that. And then a lot of people left after the first one. And I was like, who are you people? That screen goes black before I leave. But anyway, sorry. Not the point. I just, I, was I don't on a Thursday get it. night, so everybody there, like, pretty much knew it was going I on. I just, I don't get it. I, I really don't. I mean, we're like 13 years into this, people. That's what you I mean. Know like, the, you know the shtick. Even if you're not, like, the world's biggest Marvel fan, like, everyone knows. And if no one's leaving, then why are you leaving? Yeah. Whatever. Not, sorry, that was just like a rant that had to come out of me. <laughs> but then obviously, we see Eddie go back, which is the big thing that pretty much confirmed that he was the sixth member. He just did not know to go after Spider-Man. <laughs> he didn't, he, he wasn't quite caught up with everybody. Like, everybody else, like, ended up in New York, and they were like, you! And then Eddie was just like, I'm in Mexico, and I'm confused. Yeah, because he was like, <laughs> I don't really understand why I'm going after Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, um, I just know that Venom really wants this. Yeah, so... It was very interesting, but I also want to talk about it. the reason they're brought in was because they know Peter Parker. Venom, okay, my my roommate, my one roommate and I, spent about three hours <laughs> talking about this the one time because there was a teaser trailer that showed possibly Tom being Venom, like Peter, Tom, Holland. Oh. And it got, that's what really opened the gates for us. So we had a three-hour conversation about this one night. Um, I love that. You know, and as we progressively moved around our apartment, like, we <laughs> started on the couch, then we were in one of our rooms, then we were in the bathroom, and there was like, <laughs> anyway, and the whole thing was, because it's based on the fact that, okay, that would mean he has to know Peter Parker is Spider-Man, mm-hmm. right? That's the only way he was gonna, would get brought in. But if you notice, right as he is pulled from his universe at the end of Venom 2... He is talking about how he, Venom has li- Venom is talking about how he has lived multiple lives in multiple universes, which is to say, Venom may have run into Spider-Man somewhere else. Because then, when he is pulled into our universe and sees Spider-Man on the TV, he goes, "That guy." Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but I don't just go, "Oh yeah, that guy." Like, no, I usually am like, "Oh, I know that guy." You know, that's that's recognition. Yeah, that's a way of being like, "I know him." So. That is why he was brought. To some extent, there is a history. If you want to think about Topher Grace's Venom, go off. I mean, he's canon now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you would, I mean, you know, go. And honestly, for those of you who know the comic books, I mean, the only reason Venom has the powers he does is because he attached to Spider-Man first. So, Venom had, because like, I I also saw a video where they were like, well, and how do you explain a universe with Venom in it that isn't, there isn't a Spider-Man. But yeah, where he moves the way he moves. Yes. Yeah. So, essentially, that's to say, Venom really... They pretty much gave it away to us, but we didn't really... I mean, I personally didn't pick up on it right away. I was just screaming yeah, that I, I saw Tom. Like, oh, my God. Holland. Sorry. There's a lot of Toms, a lot of Peters. There's a lot, a lot know, of, like... very confusing. I'm sorry. I'm trying my best to clarify names here. But, like, I was just screaming because I saw Tom Holland on the TV. 
But putting it together later on, I was like, wait a second. Because he was literally saying, I've lived in other, essentially, multiverses, timelines, universes. He's a symbiote. He moves differently. He probably doesn't affect the same way. Because even to saying to Eddie, he was like, I literally cannot give you all the information that I have lived through. Yeah. Like, I will blow your brain up. So, I mean, I just, I love it. I love we're going to see Tom Holland and his Venom eventually. I Yes, that's the other really big thing that came out. I was like... Wait, so Hardy's gone, so they're never gonna fight. And I was like, man, that, like, sucks. But then I was like, that also makes sense for Venom 3. And it also, like, would make sense because he, the, we talked about this. The age gap, it's just all well, a little And it weird. also made a lot of sense because the way they've already established Venom with Tom Hardy yeah. didn't really make a lot of sense for why he would have randomly be going after this kid. Yeah. So, that was all good, but I was, like, a little confused, and then they pan down to the table, Mm -hmm. and there's Mm -hmm. that little black moving piece of sludge, and I was like, oh my god, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get our Tom as symbiote Spider-Man, and I, like, I am so excited, I don't even know how to explain it. I think this is something we'll talk about in uh, a little bit, when we talk a little bit more about what the college trilogy is to bring us, and really what the whole ending of you know, this movie was, and the future of Peter, and everything. But yeah, I just, and I mean, I, I don't mean it in a braggy way, because I really don't, it just was one of those things, like, when the end credits team was there, I was <laughs> with my boyfriend, I literally was smacking him, because <laughs> I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I was right, I was right, I was right, I was like, Phantom, because I knew, I just like, I knew it, and I, like I said, my roommate and I spent three hours talking about this, and how, in, how sure we were that this was going to happen, and when, obviously, we never saw him because, the, like I said, the big debate was all, who was the sixth member? He was there. He was just drunk in Mexico. Yeah, they, he just was <laughs> so unaware of why he was even pulled there because, you know, Eddie himself Eddie doesn't wasn't know. Pulled. Yeah, it Venom. Venom, yeah. yeah. But you can't pull the symbiote out of his body because he's the host. So you literally had to bring Eddie with him. So I just thought that was so interesting. I love that. And like I said, we'll talk about the repercussions in a little bit, but... I mean, once again, like I said, as written in the notes, I'm right about Venom. (laughs) And that's all that needed to be said about on that topic. I'm so glad you were. And I just feel like I want to take this moment to pause and just say that they, there were a few ways that they could have gone about different things in this movie. For example, they could have had Toby and Andrew for five minutes. They Mm. could have had Venom fight with everyone else. They could have had... A multitude of things go a different. They could have killed MJ and Ned, and we're gonna we're gonna do an entire section of this yes. episode about the ending. But just as an example, they could have killed them off. But the way that they chose to write them out instead, they just had so many crossroads in this movie where they could have done it differently. And I felt like they were inside my head choosing the exact right way to do the exact right thing that I would have loved to see as a fan and did love to see as a fan. And I am just. As much as I love Marvel movies, there's always one thing where I'm like, yeah. I wish they would have done this instead. I can't think of something where I'm like, I wish they would have made this choice. They just hit every choice on the head. And this is another one where they could have like, you know, now that he's confirmed to be in this universe, they could have had them going head to head and it would have been great. But instead they created this exciting storyline where we get to see Tom do something that he does, that Spider-Man does in the comics and take his version of it instead of just like, oh, they're going to fight now and do it. Something that was so short-sighted. They're playing the long game and you can so much tell that and I just I can't say enough how excited that makes me how excited I am about this movie and how just happy I'm just happy I'm so happy but let me make you sad because (laughs) bring me down 
down. <laughs> because I think we talked about this in the predictions, but we were wrong and who it was. We did say um, this was a possibility, though. Yeah, but I definitely know that I thought it was going to be different characters. So, Aunt May, obviously dead. <laughs> wow. She is nothing if not gentle and kind. I don't really handle being, like, sugarcoaty. Um, uh, so I'm not. I'm direct. But I definitely thought it was going to be happy. I'm not going to lie. Those of you who listened to the predictions episode, you know I thought it was going to be happy. I kind of was expecting it, in a sense, just because the Marvel Universe... Doesn't like to keep people around too long. Especially from that franchise. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, literally. So that's kind of where my money essentially had been on him. I never, I, I'm not going to lie, I really don't think I ever gave much thought to the idea, like genuine thought that they would kill Aunt May. But I think for me, what brought up, it brought up more questions than it did like answers for the sense of like, was there ever an Uncle Ben in this universe? Yes. Yes. Because at one point, and I believe it's in homecoming may when peter's acting kind of erratically (laughs) you know may does say to him i can't deal with this right now not after everything that happened with your uncle and he peter on many occasions when he's hiding his identity from may and in fact in fact i think he says this to tony in homecoming he says you know you can't tony threatens to tell may or or maybe it's even in civil war he says you can't tell her not after everything she's been through so it's an off-screen death, but I immediately, I, I went to see the movie with my dad, our dad, and I immediately turned to our dad and he said, Dad, she's this Tom's Uncle Ben. Yeah. Well, because what I then thought about after the film was, if there was an Uncle Ben, what I'm understanding of it is that he was not the same prominent role that he was in both Toby and Andrews, where they were essentially older teenagers who, and to be fair, we even, we meet Tom at a younger age. He's 15. Yeah. He's been 17 or 18 for about eight years <laughs> because of the blip and the snap. But, I literally, that was another conversation my roommate and I tried to have was figuring out how old is this kid. But the whole thing was he couldn't have played, because, like, obviously we meet Andrew his senior year. We meet Toby his senior year. We see both of them those years. So we already meet them at an older age when they lose their Uncle Ben. And so... And it's their fault in yeah, both instances. Which I think they both relate to at one point. Yeah, and I think here, I get the sense that either Tom wasn't Spider-Man yet, or it wasn't he his... He definitely wasn't Spider-Man. Yeah, that, or at the very least, it wasn't his fault. And I, you know, I also feel, feel like that... it happened young enough for him that while it affected him, it didn't affect him in the same way as this was my pseudo-parent. Yeah. The way that Aunt May was. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so that, to me, like, yes, there's an Uncle Ben, but to your point, he doesn't play the same role. Yeah. Aunt May plays the Uncle Ben role. Yeah. The with great power comes great responsibility role. The one who helps mold him. The one whose death drives him. Yeah. And, like, that's something that, you know, Andrew and Toby, especially Toby, really focuses in on this a lot, is, like... Toby even says this, he says, after my uncle died, it was, you know, it was my fault, and I went out and I killed the man who killed my uncle, and it didn't make me feel any better. Yeah. And, like, Tom is having the exact same reaction, except take out Uncle Ben's name and insert Aunt May's name, you know? Well, and I <laughs> I said this after the film, um, and I know this is going to come across bad, but to be fair, it was, like, her own fault? Yes. 
I agree with you. Like, I didn't mean that in a rude way. For one, like, her even being there was kind of, like, risky. I mean, he was in the process of trying to make the hero or the villains bad, which we'll get to literally in in moments. But on top of that, it was like, you are were, like, putting her at risk in general, having her in the building. Then she goes for a run for it. Then she tries to be a, and I don't mean this in a rude way, but tries to be part of a hero to help Peter, and I get that. But I was like, you also were the one who pushed him to not send them all back. Yeah. So, not to be that person, but that was my first, I was like, that was kind of on you. That was kind of on you. And I know she was trying to teach Peter empathy and responsibility, and I get that. But, like, at the end of the day, she almost tips him completely in the opposite direction when she dies. Exactly. And you know what? And genuinely, his responsibility was getting them back. Because he was the one who helped them here. It's not his problem what happened to them into their timeline, which is the point he kept making. He yeah. was like, they're not even my villains. They're not even from here. And like I, I said, didn't kill them. Yeah, and like I said, we'll get there in literally a second. But I just, I got it. I, I honestly, I don't, not to be that person, but if we were going to pick something, I think that would be the thing that kind of bothered me the most about I, the film. I would agree. I was actually just having the same thought in yeah. my own head. Now that I'm, like, like, really talking about it, I'm like, no, I think I think that is what would have, and to now, like I said, I want to see it again. Not that I don't see every Marvel film, like, again, but I, I obviously need to see it again just to feel like I take more of it even in, but that was, like, something that kind of bothered me from the get-go, and now that I'm really discussing it, I'm like, yeah, that really just, yeah, that yeah. didn't sit right. But- like, it's, yeah, like, he lost her, but only because she pushed him into something he didn't feel was the right choice. Yeah. And, like, and the, I think it makes the Green Goblin line that much more potent when he says, no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. She tried to help them, and then she died. And, like, this is not advocating for not doing the, you know, the right thing or what you feel is right, but, like, but it's, like, it muddles the message in a way yeah. because, like, she's trying to teach him empathy and doing the right thing. She dies in the process, almost makes him a murderer yeah. because he's so enraged that she was killed. So it's, like, and you know, it kind of almost backfired. How, like, like I said, back to even to Peter's point was they're not meant to even be here. Yeah. No offense, but they're not my problem anymore once I did what Doctor Strange told me to do, and that was to bring them back so he could send them back to their their universes. So it was like, I, I don't mean that to be rude, but it was like, I don't feel like Marvel does it often, but this was one of the examples of a death that was like, you brought that on yourself kind of thing. Yeah. But, but I will say, I think, and this is going to go, it's going to touch on something that we're going to talk about in depth in a minute, but... The way that this movie happened with with the Aunt May death and then the ending, which, again, we're going to get into, this solidified something that I don't think I even thought about before this, which is that this trilogy, the home trilogy, if you will call it that, the high school trilogy, is really a prequel. It is yes. in its entirety 100%. the origin story. I'm so of glad you Peter said Parker. that, and I really want to get to that when we talk about the end because that is true. Yeah, and actually, on top of that, and like I said, we'll get to that when we talk about the end. But I have to add this part. When I was just talking about ages, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because you know what? We saw at the beginning of Andrews and Toby's were both their senior year of high school. Yeah, moving into college because that was 
Andrew, I mean, Andrew's movies happen a lot closer to each other in, like, a- their actual, like, storyline. Yeah. yeah. Toby's were, especially between the third, second and third, a little bit more spread out. But, you know, we, to your point, essentially, it's a prequel. And we will definitely touch on that. But let's talk about the biggest part, which was the villains. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, first off... I loved it. <laughs> it was good. It I was mean, so good. We knew. I knew. Uh, the only one I think that wasn't fully confirmed was the lizard. They didn't know. we. He was not fully confirmed whether he was coming back or the original Kurt Connors was coming back. Obviously, we saw that he did for, you know, the three seconds that he was a human <laughs> and not a talking dinosaur. And I I just really enjoyed it. And something I think I said to Taylor last night at some point, because I did call her, I was like, just to be brief, we need to at least talk about this. <laughs> we had a three-way FaceTime. It was great. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was like, we at least need to talk about this. But I thought, I really enjoyed that there were at least, like, every li- villain had a buddy kind of thing. I liked that because it opened their eyes to some of the ones, especially, like, Goblin and even Doc Ock and the lizard, like the ones who died in the early, in either the first or second for Toby movie, being able to have the villain that was there from the next movie and be like, bro, you're dead. Yeah. Even like, Sandman, when Sandman looks at Doc Ock, he's like, you're both dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but I will say, like, my only complaint is I get the whole idea was that they were supposed to be a little different in this universe. And you, you see that with some of them. I don't feel like you see it really with all of them. But I did feel like we lost Max in Electro's... Like, I got Electro's need for power, but just, like, who he became in this universe, I don't know, felt a little muddled in who Max... Because well, even when Max was full-blown Electro, he was, like, not... I don't know. They just felt very different from who they were. I honestly, I cannot say I agree or disagree with you because it's been a minute since I've seen I did not get a chance to watch the other rewatch the other franchises before I saw this it's on my list of things to do over the Christmas break so I you know that's your opinion and I'm I'm just gonna stay out of that one because I don't it's been a quite a few years since I've seen either one so I'm not even gonna try to wade into those waters yeah I just I that was really the only one that I felt was a little off and I think they'll probably blame a lot of that on the power grab that he was after but I also just, and I mean, he says it a lot in the movie. He's like, I like who I am here, and blah, blah, blah. But the thing for me is, that, like, I don't really understand why you are so different compared to all the others who were essentially exactly the same. And it sounded like they were all pulled not far before their deaths, which would would have been the peaks of all of their films. Or for, like, in Sandman's case, because obviously good, he ended up not inherently being a bad guy, he... That's why he helped Thomas Peter at the beginning, because he was like, Spider-Man, we're friends, we're besties. Yeah. So, like, you know, I it just sounded like it was towards the end of all the movies that they seemed to have been pulled in at. But, oh my gosh, just Doc Ock's entrance, just, I knew it was coming, because it's not like I didn't see the trailers 4,000 times, yeah. but I literally just was like, nice, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, Oh my god, when he stole Peter's nanotech? Yeah. That was super cool. But you know what I thought was really cool? And this, I, and this is my little nod to the fact that I did get to see the fil- all seven of the films prior. You know, one, two, three, one, two, and one, two. And <laughs> <laughs> I really like that something they did a lot in the in the second Spider Man Tobies was they gave him the sound effects, so you heard him stomping through the city, and they did it here. And I was like, thank you, because it's small things like that, you yeah. know, that just really. 
it, for for those of us who really are into these movies and love them, you just are like nice. You yeah. know, like you just check that nice little box. Thank you for the icing on the cake, right? Yeah, there. exactly. Like it's just the small things. That one, I that's what I love. Like his entrance of just he hears it. I also this is a little bit unrelated but related on its own part. Really liked how much they showed the Spidey sense. Yes. I thought that was really cool because that's something they absent did. absent from the first movie completely. Yes. And that is something they did a lot in Andrew's and Toby, especially when they're first getting their powers. You see, I mean, at one point, Andrew literally catches a fly in front of Aunt May's face. Yeah. And, like, you see it. And they're just like, what you doing? Kind of thing. And he's just like, I don't know. As he has, like, a ton of food because he's literally going through, like, life-changing body changes. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is more than puberty. <laughs> yeah, literally. I just love when Amy's just like, he took the frozen mac and cheese. <laughs> and it's Stover, so you know. <laughs> but, uh, Sally Fields, man. <laughs> yeah. But I just, it just, every villain felt right, except, like I said, Electro to me, and I got it, the power grab was there. He just felt so far from who he had even been while Electro in that movie. That, I don't know, it just felt a little weird to me, but I loved every single part of it. I loved all the villains. I yeah. mean... And I know Defoe is getting so much love online. And rightfully so. Like, people are basically saying, like, this movie cemented him as the best comic book movie yeah. villain of all time. And it's yeah. just like... He's so sweet as Norman. And you, in the moment when he's like... You see the change. You yeah. know. Yeah. Well, even that, but I'm the, before the change, when he's in the room working with Peter and the fabricator, and he they're, they're talking and they're bonding, and you're just like, even in this universe, he's bonding with Peter Parker. Yeah. Because you know... Because he's a scientist, and he, he well, sees young Well, not even just that, potential. but it's like, the way, like, you know the love and the history behind him and Toby's Peter because of Harry and the fact that they, you know, I think they grew up together. So it was like, he's like a father figure to Toby's Peter. And then you see him almost becoming that stepping into the role vacated by Tony. And you're just like, but he has pro like you know like he, well, he has like a DID and so yeah. it's like it's like <laughs> it's like the pit in your stomach you're like I see them bonding he's offering him a job at at Oscorp in another universe yeah. like it's so sweet and beautiful and then the moment where Doc Ock says you know you're banishing your demons I forget what the exact line is I was like you no. s- you know when he changed yeah, yeah. And he's like his whole body stiffened and it was like the other guys in control now yeah. And I, I thought it was really interesting, like you said, everyone's giving him the credit that he definitely deserves. And I think it's interesting because I would say Greek Goblin in general, and even in the comic books, is probably one of the more prominent oh, and yeah. important villains. So. Especially because of the personal connection between yeah. the two of them. Yeah. So, and also, I mean, to be fair, I something I really like about Spider-Man's villains in general is a lot of them never in and not that every villain intends to be a villain they all have obvious backstories but like they genuinely never plan to be villains yeah and and i like that a lot of them are so insanely smart like i mean the only exception i really think i would be able to say would be sandman yeah but he's such a good guy yeah like that makes so it's like he doesn't have the intelligence but he has the heart well and the irony of that is he's the only one who fully has that, you know, talk with Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, that he's like, I never wanted to be this. I want to just help my daughter. Yeah. And so I think that's almost the irony of it because, I mean, you have Doc Ock, you have Goblin who, well, Goblin suffers from clear mental illness, like I said, DID, because of his incident. 
but it was science-based. Doc Ock was a science-based incident. Kurt Connors was just trying to regrow his arm, and then the power it gave him afterwards, he just ran with it, tried to, you know, turn New York into lizards. And totally cash. Yeah. And then, same with Max. Max just wanted to be recognized. He wanted to be someone. Yeah. But he was a, he was an engineer. I will say, and this is just a quick aside from your point, I love the gag where they were all talking about how they got to be the way yeah. they are. And <laughs> Sandman's like, yeah, I fell into here. And then Electra's like, yeah, I fell into here. And so I don't remember who says it, but it's someone was like, like, you gotta watch where you're falling. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, this is incredible. I know, I was like... I think it was Electra. I think it was like, yeah, man, we got to watch where we fall. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. Thank- I didn't know I needed it, but thank you. I know. I was like, I really appreciate this. Thank you. I just like, one of my favorite angles was when they were all walking into the apartment and you just see them all walk by. And I was like, oh my God. And then when Happy calls me, he's like, is there a cyborg in my apartment? Who are these guys? He was like, you can't just bring these people into my apartment. I thought it was so funny. But let's talk i guess about some of their differing motives so yeah obviously electro wants to stay he's got the freaking arc reactor no duh tony from the grave sorry i'm clearly a cap girl but tony from the grave <laughs> like the most power a man could even have like even doc ock turned it away yeah. and he even he, he was standing there going the power of the sun in your hand which was his whole point which is honestly isn't that tony's line isn't it i mean i know it's doc ock's line from spider-man 2 but isn't it like very similar it's similar to something that tony says i think in iron man 1 so it's like i was like oh so there's some like parallels even between franchises that weren't related until this very moment but like that man was just like you know (laughs) too much for me yeah he was like i'm good and he was fine with going back you know, that was it. Like, he he didn't es- want to die. Especially once Peter fixed the chip and he could be himself again. Yeah. And the the tentacles, the AI yeah. wasn't controlling him and he was in control of them. Yes. He just became this, like, sweet man who just was, like, out here to help. And I was like, I love this. I mean, and obviously Norman, wa- Norman wanted to go back. The Green Goblin did not. For many reasons, of course. And then we have Sandman, who did want to go back. And I think he was probably the most motivated to be fixed. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously he can't hug his daughter in that form. He can't do a lot of things in that form. And he just wanted to hug her and be with her and help her. So he was probably the most motivated to be like, oh yeah, fix me, get me back. I have a family. I'm trying to do the right thing. And then, and I'm saving Electro for last for a reason. And then obviously the lizard... He didn't really seem to have much of an opinion on going... He's kind of ambivalent the whole time. Yeah, I mean, because he doesn't die. Which is why I also didn't love Doctor Strange's line, because it's not accurate. He doesn't die at the hands of Spider-Man, and neither did Sandman. He just goes to jail. He even at one point saves Peter's life after he's turned back into Kurt Connors. And I think he apologizes, if or at least they have like a little heart-to-heart moment similar to... Sandman and Toby's Peter. So he kind of didn't didn't really seem to have much of an opinion. He just kind of was like there. And then, you know, ready for any battle. He like, he was like, whoever's getting me wherever I need to go, like, I really don't care. But then Electro, which like I said, I'm gonna blame Tony. Um <laughs> But I mean, he's in the 21st century. Who wouldn't love that power? Not just the arc reactor, but just the grids are, even from 2012 to now, the grids? Are you kidding me? Everything's a different version of tech even from 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, 
He literally had ample power on him. So I really, I thought that was interesting. But lastly, I thought it was interesting was how kind of easy it was to fix these guys. Yeah. I mean, most of them, to your point, were science-based accidents. Yeah. So once you get three very intelligent Peters in a room, it's like, well, I know what happened to this guy, so let me find a solution. Well, and even before, Tom's Peter himself was putting together how to fix, like, most of them. And I just, I don't know if it's the tech that he has there that maybe they, because they don't have the Tony tech in the other universes, it wouldn't have been possible But I think for the first time, we truly see, like, the reversal of villains. Yeah. That they could be rehabilitated. Yeah. I think the last time we saw that was actually Killmonger. I've been thinking about Killmonger this whole time. Yeah. Just because Killmonger on my mind. No, no, because I genuinely was thinking about it. But also, he's, like, the epitome of, like, fantastic villains. Like, he's still the the, king. Yeah, he is probably the best villain with just, uh, on every front. But, no, I agree. And... You know, obviously, he didn't have the powers or the just like the aspects um, that these five had, but I just thought they were very interesting. That you see with the tech he has there, how easily he could fix these guys. Yeah, and obviously, like I said, they're all. And to your point, they're all scientists for the most part as well, and they're all suffering from accidents. That I mean, Green Goblin. I mean, Norman was just too ambitious. Yeah. And he was going to lose everything if he didn't hope for this thing to work. So I thought it was interesting, the rehabilitation line. But then what does that mean for timelines? I was wondering the same thing. Because where we're at, are we to assume the TVA doesn't exist anymore? Yes. Because the multiverse is open. Okay. So what does that mean? Once again, that brings my question, though, of, like, what is... It's also interesting because they come from the same timelines, but at different points in the timeline. Like, obviously, like, Goblin is pulled years before Oc is Dr. Octopus is well, pulled. And so that's the only way it would have been possible. Because so, Green Goblin led directly to... There is a direct line to how Doc Ock became Doc Ock from Green Goblin. So, I mean, I'm yeah. I'm kind of doing, like, exasperated hands here because... I didn't really understand, because it was the whole, anyone who knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man, but I was like, then why are they getting, I don't really get how they're getting pulled from different parts of timelines. Like I think it's just, it just had to be these people, right? Like, it, it yeah. was like, anybody, and then, like, for whatever reason, the spell chose that the moment they were going to die, and, like, it doesn't necessarily matter that, like... They're all being pulled from the same... Not all being pulled, but they're, some of them are being pulled from the same timeline. Yeah, and obviously that's confirmed because, as they even said, they all recognize each other. The to predecessors, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I, that explains why it's interesting that Andrew and Toby are pulled from where they are because they're quite literally pulled from just, like, their life because, obviously, they know Peter Parker is Spider-Man. So they're just living their good old life and they were just like, hey! Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd love to know who... Andrew was fighting because he was in his Spidey suit, like fully in his Spidey suit. So he was not just like out wandering. He was fully doing something. Unless he was just like webbing around. Because I have a feeling that he does not spend a lot of time as Peter. That, well, that goes back to what I said. Even yeah, that's what early. I mean. Yeah. Like, I just think to get out of his own head, he probably webs around just like yeah. chilling and just yeah. like doing the police radar thing, which I, I really want to bring up later. Oh, yeah, that they do Tom. That they I don't. Okay, no, well, no, 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 we're going to talk about it because right there's, now? there's no explanation to timelines. There's no way to really, I mean, multiverse is open, and that's my new favorite. That, that, give me a stamp. Because I'm just going to, anytime we have a question, multiverse is open. 
That's, Honestly, like I, I think I'm tired Kevin of trying probably, to explain it. Kevin is probably out here like they're way overthinking this. They just need to be like multiverse. That's the answer. Yeah. So it is. Multiverse is open. Stamp. Okay. Cool. Moving on. Now the ending. Thank God for the ending. First off, oh wait, I need a clarification. Is he going to MIT? No, because he has to get his GED. Okay, perfect. He didn't finish high school. Perfect. Because that removes MJ and Ned. Yeah. Thank you. And I don't mean that in a rude way. But that makes room. I mean, there's a lot of things that have now been made room for. But that makes room for some of the more accuracy of more of a maybe Gwen Stacy, a Harry Osborn. A Mary Jane Watson. Uh, Yeah, I don't think they will. Because MJ, she said her last name was Watson. I know. I don't see them doing an actual Mary Jane Watson because they yes. they muddled Michelle's name to try to be like, oh, she's like MJ, but she's not. Fair, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not a, a Mary Jane Watson. I just, in this. I, I know. I, just I mean, yes, out of all of the, the I think we'll see Gwen. I do. Selena Kyle's another name I keep seeing brought up. Catwoman. Mm. Mm. Okay. So I think it's more likely going to be the two of them. However, I would see, okay, I I would put my money on Catwoman because I don't see them trying to personally redo Gwen after after Amazing Spider-Man. I don't. And Emma Stone owned that role. I just, you can't give me a better actual, like, on-screen love story in a superhero story. They were a really, really good couple. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, so I would say, in all likelihood, it's likely either going to be Selena Kyle or Gwen Stacy. But there, it, the door's not shut on Mary Jane. It's Watson. not shut. I just think because, and it's annoying to me because they didn't need to do that, and then they could have brought in Mary Jane. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like you basically were like and no to this character, but it's frustrating because she canonically is his wife. Yeah, you know. Well, like, and did we know her last name was Watson until this movie? I don't think so. So she was like, oh, I prefer to go by Jones when they said Michelle Jones Watson. And I was like, are you kidding me? That was the one other thing I was like, you ruined, like, not you ruined, but you, to your point, really reduced the chances of Mary Jane coming. Yeah, because you could have kept her at MJ because they didn't necessarily, I mean, in Toby's, they don't really call her MJ almost at all, I don't think. They always call her Mary Jane. I so, don't know. I think, I, I actually, think they, I think Harry calls her MJ. Not so much possible. Toby, but I think that's Harry's name for That's her. possible. But, like, regardless, it's Mary Jane a lot. You hear it, and like, and so I was like, you could have still had a Mary Jane Watson, you muddled that. But my point just being, I know I said this in predictions episode, and maybe I said it in a gory way that I wanted MJ to die, but I just wanted a way to make room to remove these characters. And I do love them, but you brought up, this was, like, essentially... A three movie prequel to it's Spider-Man. Yeah, it's a th- it's a three movie origin story. So we see in Toby and Andrews their origin story is the first what 15, 20 minutes of the film. Yes. Tom got a th- trilogy yeah. to do that. You know, it's just a different way of going about it. And I think you and I talked about this in the predictions episode that we love Tom as Spider-Man. I do. We love Tom as part of the MCU. It's fantastic. Spider-Man meeting with everybody else. It's amazing. But it's also a detriment. Yeah. Not Tom. But him being as integrated with the Avengers as he is, is a detriment, and now you've removed that block. Yes, and I have to bring up that there was someone on Twitter who had tweeted, you know, and I came across controversial, I think. I um, It's hard to kind of, like, read over text sometimes, or, like, you know what I mean? So I think a lot of people read it controversially, and it became a big conversation in his comments. Yes, it did. <laughs> he said, and after this movie, Tom is now Spider-Man, and... I understood his point, and I quote tweeted it even to say, you know, Tom has been Spider-Man since Civil War. 
Yes. That, that's just, it, it is what it is. There's a period there because that is a sentence. That is there, it is a statement. There's nothing more to say. It's a fact. It's a fact, yeah. However, he is now, after this movie, going to be more comic book accurate, and he is also going to be out of Tony's shadow, and out of just a mentor shadow in general. And more self-sufficient and mature. Yes. Yes. And that, and I think I even said before, I don't think I said it in my predictions episode, per se, but I definitely said it to Taylor at a different time. When you watch all seven of them in a row, and now, like, eight, technically, I will admit, Tom's was off-putting. When we hit his first one... I he was frustrating because the level of immaturity compared to the other two who stepped up immediately. As soon as what happened to their Uncle Ben happened, they stepped up. Because Peter Parker is yet. motivated by loss. Right. And Tony, while he lost Tony, and, and I know people are going to be like, but he lost Tony. That's so true. Yeah. But Tony's death wasn't his fault. Tony made an active decision to sacrifice himself. Okay. That's not Tom's right. fault. But Tom's Peter's fault. But Aunt May's death, in some ways, is. Yes. He was unable to save her. Yeah. And that, I think what we learned in the scene with the three Spider-Men, when they're, when Toby and Andrew first come down, is that what defines Peter Parker is loss. Yeah. And the, the understanding of responsibility that comes from that loss. Yeah. He's not the Peter Parker that we knew until he experienced those things and understood the responsibility then that comes with being Spider-Man I, because of that. I agree. And that's why... When you real and you see it a little, he matures a little bit more in the second one, especially at and towards the end. What happens with what's his face, um, Mysterio? <laughs> with well, what's his I, face? I I was gonna say his first name, but I don't remember it. Quentin. Quentin. <laughs> I was like, I know the last name's Beck, but I can't for the life of me think of what the first name was. And you see it a little more, but I I like I said, it was jarring. Like all my roommates and I were sitting there, like, oh. And it was actually kind of hard to get through. I'm not going to lie. And maybe it's because I've also seen it more. But I, I said to tell, you know, I, the MCU, it was a great movie in the MCU. Yeah. It was not a great Spider-Man movie. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to this college trilogy now because at the end of the movie, no one knows him. The Avengers don't even know him. That means the man's free. Like, yeah. he is literally not known by anyone. And he can go on being Spider-Man, and he makes his homemade suit. He makes everything. He goes He has down. the police scanner. Yes. All Which, of the things that are that make Peter Parker Peter Parker in the other movies that are seeing. so him. Yes. Finally, Tom is stepping into that role. And honestly, I'm not upset that they took it a different direction. I know they didn't want to do the Uncle Ben thing for the third time in 20 years. And I years. got that, yeah. I honestly was a little tired of the Uncle Ben storyline, too. So I'm not upset that they turned it on its head. I'm also not upset that it took them three movies to do it simply because they've already confirmed we're getting another three. Like, yeah. I think if it ended here and they were like, mom's anyway, the word, yeah. yeah, I'd be like, uh, come again. But, like, the fact that they're like, he's getting three, four's already, like, three more, four's already in development, like, we're moving along, everything's gonna be great, and it's gonna be, like, they haven't said this, but the expectation is that it's yeah. gonna be more aligned to what... We know canonically, well, comic mean, book wise, he's sitting there making his own suit. That's a very comic accurate suit. It is, and he's swinging throughout New York accurate. City when the movie ends. That is, you couldn't be more Spider Man. Yeah, there you know? he is in Manhattan. I think that's the other thing that, like, oh, yeah, I noticed, like, Manhattan. as a New Yorker, was that in the first two movies. Well, the second one you have to take with a grain of salt because he's abroad. 
But especially in the first one, he spends all his time as Queens, Mm -hmm. really. So it's like you don't really get the same imagery that you get as when he's like swinging around Manhattan. And so, like, to have him do that at the end, I was like, because his battle also isn't in New York. He never battles in New York. So it's like, yeah. So, like, to have that and to know that that's coming and then to have Kingpin come in this week, you're like, I am seeing a much clearer picture for what the next at least movie is going to look like. And and it's so exciting. Like, because now even the villains who are out there, like Vulture, you know, he knows. Scorpion. Yeah, he knew the identity of Peter Parker, but now he doesn't even know that Peter Parker exists. Yeah. So it's like, oh, so they're back on the table again. Because all of that, like. that's when I think we'll finally see Scorpion now. Yeah. Well, and all of that rehabilitation that he did with Vulture, because they almost have an agreement now. He's like, you saved my life. Like, there's, there's a respect there. That's gone. I don't know if they're necessarily bringing him back, but I could definitely see them bringing in Scorpion because of it. Yeah. We've already gotten several hints at that with actually seeing him on screen, of course, as well, and seeing that, you know, he is hungry for some Spider-Man blood. I would see that being a movie. I would see Venom 100% being a movie. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even be surprised if Venom, they waited until the final film of that trilogy, of the college trilogy, just because... That would be... I I don't see them doing it in the first movie just because I feel like he just went through a lot to go through having a symbiote. However, I think one of the things we saw, and I know... (laughs) I know this is, like, meme central. Toby in the the symbiote suit and the Mm -hmm. whole thing. Oh, my God. (laughs) But I think one thing that is still true about that is that it... Venom taps into the darker parts of Peter's personality. And I think right now... Peter's vulnerable to that. I I agree, but also I think we saw a very dark moment with Peter already. Yeah, we I mean, saw, yes, absolutely. And I just think it'd be more interesting if they waited on it a little bit and let him establish himself as, you know, just Spider-Man. Not Spider-Man with the Avengers, not Iron Spidey, not any of it. It's Spider-Man. I actually, when you bring up Iron Spider- Spidey, the one thing that I didn't think about until afterwards was how this... This movie was a slow deterioration of the Spider-Man that Iron Man made. So first it starts with like, oh, the Iron Spider suit gets destroyed because, you know, the nanobots or whatever get destroyed by Doc Ock. Okay, cool. So that's gone. Then you see he gets, you know, paint on the original Spider-Man suit. That was given. Yeah, and then he wears it inside out, which, by the way, looked really cool. But then that one, too, like, it kind of gets destroyed or he destroys it or whatever it is because he's not wearing it at the end. And he becomes, you know, it's like the slow He's wearing the suit that originally was given to him by Iron Man. Yeah. It was the regular suit. Yeah. And then, to your point, then at the very, very end, we see him making his own suit that has the glaring fabric of the blue. Yes. And you know. And then you see him. And you're right. And I, I thought it was critical to his character to follow To bring away. him home. Yeah. To bring him home to what... Pe- the essence of Peter Parker and the essence of Spider-Man that in the trilogy had been lost in the origin. Which is, again, fine. They chose to create Peter Parker in a different way. And it took them two and a half movies to do it. Fine. I enjoyed those two and a half movies, yeah. so I'm not going to complain. But he's here now. He's the Peter Parker we all grew up with. We know from the comics. We know from the TV shows. And I'm so excited to watch Tom take on this role. More mature. Darker. Yeah. yeah. Broken. Alone. Yeah. 
I agree. Independent. I agree. I'm so and, ready. And I'm, like I said, my biggest thing is I'm just ready. Let's bring on some real characters. Not, yeah. in, a, not in a rude way. Because obviously, also, too, just a, like Ned Leeds, obviously a character. My theory of him, of a Ned Leeds, or Ned Leeds in general, possibly still his ex-best friend, becoming Hobgoblin, still on the table. Still there, and if anything, there even more, because the Ned that he knew would never have been Hobgoblin, but the fact that they never had technically best friends for Ned changes a lot. So that's still on the table for another movie as well. Why? We haven't seen the Hobgoblin yet. And uh, someone tweeted this, or I saw it online. They're the only goblin we're going to get for Tom is Hobgoblin, because there's no way he already won Fought the greatest Green Goblin that there will ever be. Yeah. And two, how do you recast? It's like it's like trying to recast Downey. You don't. You don't do it. No. You just can't. And even if we were to see a Harry, I don't know if we would see a Green Goblin Harry or just see Harry. Well, I think you could do it as long as it's not Norman. Yeah. Because I think... Yeah, but we've seen the Harrys too. Yeah. And I don't see Marvel doing it again. I think we would see the Hobgoblin, the one that we've never seen before. That is true. I don't see him not having Harry as a best friend. Yeah, yeah. But I don't see them following the normal... Well, because in most cases, Harry becomes the goblin after Peter kills his father. And so you have to have Norman in order for Harry to be the green goblin anyway. He, it's a mantle he inherits yeah. from his father. So without Norman, you really can't get that version of... The evil version of Harry, if you will, because one thing leads to another unless they go really off book, which I think... It's almost like they listen to the fans saying, we love Tom. We but love his please movies. please give him Spider-Man. But make him what we know. Yeah. yeah. Return be, him home. Yeah. Please be real with Spider-Man. Be what we know Spider-Man is, you know? Yeah. I think it's interesting that this movie's called No Way Home because in many ways it was it's, really homecoming. Yeah. Yeah. It's Peter coming home to what we know and love. I agree. I, but I guess, uh, in essence, there's no way back to what we used to know. Yes. And I, I get that. I get that. I just, in my head, I'm like, this is more of a homecoming than anything. Yeah. Because he's coming to the the essence of Peter Parker and Spider-Man was shown in the last five minutes of this movie. I agree. And I the last thing I have to say and bring up is the future of Peter in the MCU itself, are we going to see him with the Avengers again? I'm going to vote to no. No. I, no. I don't see... I think... He worked really well into the storylines that were present, but because we're getting a new team of Avengers, I don't see him being included in it anymore. I see him being what Spider-Man has been for years, which is a stand-alone hero. And it's not to say he never fights with the Avengers, but a lot of Spider-Man is solo. I mean, even the shows. A lot of the cartoons that have come out over the years, Spider-Man is... Just Spider-Man. Yeah. He's just literally your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely integrated with a lot of people in the comics, but, like, everybody's integrated with everybody in the comics because there's 70 years of lore, and so the fact that, like, two characters never would have met in 70 years of lore is, like, almost impossible at this point. But But he had his... He, like, he's almost the backwards of he had it all, and now we're going back to the roots. Yeah. Instead of, we started with the roots, and now we have it all. Which is interesting, too, because at the end of Homecoming, he says, I just want to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And now he really is. He really is. Because he does not have the option to be like, Tony, I'm coming to space with you. Like, now he's just nobody to them. Yeah. You know? I love it. I do too. I don't think they could have done a better slate clean. I agree. I was so nervous. I was like, how are they going to do this? And I too, I don't think we said this explicitly. I like that they were able to write out Michelle and 
Ned without yes. killing them. Yes, I they agree. They were able to give them, they're almost like, wrap up the characters with a nice bow, give them their own happy ending. They're going off to MIT, well, they got what they wanted. She's almost becoming a positive person. Well, and I really like that they, that he went back as if to try to get that, and then he just was like, no. Yeah. He mm-hmm. he knew. And, because, like, that's why I wanted to clarify that he wasn't going to MIT, because I was like, no, because he moved into Manhattan. That doesn't make yeah. sense. And I was like, there's no way they're going to take him to he Boston. He also can't afford it. He has no financial record at all. Well, yeah. And I was like, but they're also not going to take him to Boston. Yeah. So I was like, what? what's going to be the story here? Because I was like, wait a second. And so, but I also... Once again, that's another parallel to what I, to Andrew's was Andrew was going to go to London and you see that because he was going to go because of Gwen and then, you know, this. So I, I just think there were certain parallels throughout that I really like that they tied back to the other two Spider-Man. And also just like, just logistically, the fact that he's back in the mask and he's not unmasked anymore. Yeah. Like. That was I, not going to work. Right. Yeah. But when the moment when he's like, swinging about, and you hear J. Jonah Jameson calling him a menace. Who is this guy? I just, like, had flashbacks to, like, the shows we watched as kids, oh to Toby, God. to, like, Andrew, to all of it. Yeah. I was like, he's here. He's yeah. back in traditional Spider-Man lore, and I just, like, got chills. I was like, this is... I At, at that moment, I think I almost started crying. I was like, I can't... I still can't verbalize yeah. what that meant to me I, okay. as a fan. Here's how I'm going to verbalize that at the end of the day. Not necessarily that, but in the best way I can... I love No Way Home. I did. It's a great movie, and I'm going to stand by that. It's one of the best Spider-Man movies of all time. Yeah, but I'm going to go down swinging with this. I'm looking forward to the next one so we see Spider-Man. Yeah. It's so perfect because it's the greatest transition movie I've ever seen. exactly. And it just made me so excited for the next iteration. It's the greatest transition movie because it's... Somehow in all of it, wrapping up and opening everything at the same time. Yeah. And it and does it so, so flawlessly and so, so gracefully. It's yeah. graceful the way it does. You don't it's even not know forced. what's happening. Yeah. yeah. And, like, you have no clue what's going yeah. on. And it, well, not that you have no clue, but it's just, it's happening. And yeah. I, like, I fully expected him. He goes in to see them and I was like, oh man, like they had their opportunity. I fully was like, disappointed. I was yeah. like, they had their opportunity to write them out. Like, man, they're not, I'm not going to get traditional Spidey friends and loved ones and significant yeah. others. Like, oh, man. And then, you know, he has that conversation with her, and then he walks away, and I was like, they did it. I didn't think they would do it, but they freaking they got rid did of them. it. In a, in a good way. You yeah. know, they lived. They're moving on. Their lives are successful in yeah. the sense that these two are going to MIT. They got he, their happy ending. Yeah. And so... That's it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> like, it wrapped up the way it needed to. I agree. Oh, my God. It's so good. We're going again on Thursday to see yeah. it for the second time. <laughs> because why wouldn't we? Yeah. I honestly, this is one of those movies where I was just so excited the whole time. I don't, I know there's things that we missed. I was just shaking. I just. I hated it. I was shaking so hard. I like the whole movie. Because I just, the last movie I did that at. With Black Widow, because of my love for that character and, like, having to see her again, you know, living and pretend she wasn't wholly dead. And partially in, well, Infinity War at the end and Endgame, just because I didn't know what the heck was happening in Endgame. And to this day, I don't know what's happening in Endgame because I refuse to watch it again because it was bad. But <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's one opinion. No, well, it, it, I watched it twice and that's been enough. But we'll get to that in a replay episode. Don't worry. (laughs) There is one other thing I just wanted to touch on. We forgot in our predictions episode, we normally talk about what we think 
the end credit scenes are gonna be. No, I thought we did. No, we definitely did not, because there were so many other things that we straight up forgot. Okay, well, to be fair, I also knew them, or at least knew possibilities of them, so I don't feel like it wouldn't have been fair for me to have said it, because it was circulating already on the internet what the possibilities were. Yeah. I just want to address what they actually were. We talked about the Venom one. The second one is going to be discussed in a completely other episode, because we're already, you know, well over an hour, and... Discussing this topic, which is... Which is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness trailer, essentially. Discussing this is its own episode in and of itself, especially around some of the elements around the multiverse, which we barely... I mean, we mentioned it, obviously, in this episode, but I don't think we really analyzed what it means, Mm -hmm. what the Mm -hmm. multiverse means, and what it means for our understanding of the multiverse in this movie. Yeah. We didn't even scratch the surface, so we're going to do that on a completely different episode for you guys, so we can give it its due and the proper time and the proper analysis. Also... To be completely honest, I was so not worried about the multiverse in this movie. There were so many no, Spider-Man that wasn't focused really the things. Point. Yeah. So I need this second showing to really analyze what it means for the multiverse. All that to say, we're gonna come back to you with that, but we didn't want to close out this episode without at least acknowledging that the multiverse of Pandas trailer was in fact the second end credit scene for yes. this movie, which caused me to scream repeatedly. Oh, it was one of two options for me, and I was going to scream regardless whatever it was, but I was pleasantly surprised. Not not even, because I knew it was happening, because I heard someone confirm it. <laughs> so I didn't know, but I didn't know enough to feel comfortable. Yeah. Alright, well, we've hit everything on our list, but honestly... You can never say everything. Yeah. I mean, especially because... And we've brought this point home about ten times. This movie requires at least two viewings. And this is just straight up reactions after one. Also, full disclosure, I saw this movie 48 hours ago. And even though it's been living in my head rent-free, I'm sure there's some things that have dropped off. So this is everything we wanted to touch on now. I'm sure Katie's going to have a funnel time on the blog trying to fill in some of the things that (laughs) we definitely forgot. Anyway, here was half the rest of the movie. (laughs) But we hope you guys really enjoyed the movie and this episode. And if you have any comments of reactions to anything we said, please, please, please tweet us. We will give you all that information in our normal wrap-up. But this weekend has been just a blast. I mean, this movie just... I don't even know what else to say. It hit home if you will. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's just, I'm so excited for everything to come. I mean, I've not been this happy since, like, Endgame, so. Uh, (laughs) I just mean, like, the level of hype and excitement. Oh, the hype? Yeah, all of it. Yes, yes, yes. It just brought me back to a simpler time, and it just made me really happy. Was it a simpler time? Well, there wasn't a pandemic, so there was that. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. But anyway... Hope you guys are out there enjoying it, seeing it multiple times, and just really loving on this movie, because quite frankly, this is one of the best things I've ever seen. So, with that, we're going to end this episode. Just a quick couple of announcements. Next week, we'll be coming back with the last episode of Hawkeye. Then, to wrap up the year, we're going to do a 2021 recap and talk about all the things we loved about the year and give us some rankings on the shows and the movies and everything, all the amazing content that we saw this year, because I don't know if you guys remember or not, but, like, there were, like... Black Widow came out this year. Yeah, and there were three (laughs) live-action shows, one animated show. Four. Four live-action shows. 
Oh my god, there were four live action. <laughs> this is why we need a recap. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh my god. I think because they all came out at the beginning. They're so and then, close I, together. And then Hawkeye randomly came out. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so to end off the year, we're going to do a recap, but also a preview of what's to come in 2022 and mm-hmm. all the things that we'd like to see. Early in January, we're going to do some more Spider-Man content for you guys because there's a lot to unpack with this movie. So just so much. And then we're going to move into Morbius time. So it's going to be a really exciting, you know, next five weeks. If you're ever curious about what's coming up on the podcast and what our next few episodes are going to be about, there is a calendar on the blog that you should definitely check out, along with all of our episode recaps and movie recaps and prediction blog posts, because Katie does a really, really good job of talking about what we talk about in the episode, but also adding to it with context and, like we said before, things that we missed. If you're a fan of the show, please subscribe on your platform of choice so that you know whenever we have episodes and it's easy to access all of our content right on your favorite platform, whether that be Spotify, Apple, etc., etc. And last but not least, please check out our Spotify playlist profile, which has playlists for the different shows and then one big playlist for all of the episodes that talk about the movies as well as the songs that have been in the movies and the shows um so if you guys are ever looking to jam out to some mcu tunes you can check that out there that's let's talk mft and the link is also in our show notes it was a lot uh, <laughs> everywhere guys <laughs> I, I was like i'm sitting here rehearsing my life <laughs> like, i'm like i'm gonna lose it i'm gonna lose it i'm gonna lose it <laughs> as always of course we have our twitter so go follow us on that that's let's talk mft as well so make sure you guys are checking that out i have tried the best i very 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 much can to give spoiler warnings or to only be retweeting things with spoiler warnings not only just related to spider-man but to pretty much everything So, obviously, retweeting and liking and tweeting our own theories, thoughts, everything about all the content coming out. And make sure you're keeping up with our shows along with everything with Marvel. We might be hitting a little bit of a dry spot, actually, coming up after Morbius. And I know Morbius is a little weird because it's not like Marvel Marvel, but it's like... MCU adjacent? Yeah, it's like we kind of have to consider it. So, we might be hitting a weird dry spot. So... You know, keep up with the content that's been here. And I think I can, like, for one of the very first times, say that Marvel literally just blew your mind. So let's talk about it.